0: Hello and welcome to Such Sites to See, the podcast about my journey through cinema. I'm your host, Patrick, and you can find me on Letterboxd as Long Monkey, all one word, and you can find my weird fiction and other projects at proleary.com. Today, I have a very special guest, my good friend Jonah. Welcome to the show, Jonah. Hey,
1: Patrick, how's it going?
0: It's going well. You know, I think uh, one of the first times I had you over at my house, we uh, were bonding over my movie collection. So yeah. I knew you were cool because you had <laughs> heard of a lot of the weird movies I own.
1: <laughs> oh man. It's funny because I know you do this uh uh geez, what's the word? Uncommon movie suggestion, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I've I was like looking through my letterbox for all these wacky movies that I've seen, knowing that you had seen a good mm-hmm. chunk of them. So Jessica said, "Why don't you? Why don't you mention that wacky tire movie?" And I'm just like, "Rubber? That's not uncommon. <laughs> Everyone knows that." And there's yeah. there's no way Patrick hasn't seen it.
0: <laughs> yep, I have seen Rubber. Uh, that's have a whole other seen, discussion.
1: Have you seen the next
0: movie by that guy? I have not. Is that about uh, the
1: guy with the dog?
0: Uh, no, I'm unfamiliar with which one that is.
1: Oh man. <laughs> anyway, worth checking out.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about some movies that uh, we watched recently or sometime uh, in the past. And then we're going to go into a little dive, as usual, on a small segment of cinema. This time, Jonah picked the topic. So we'll get into that a little later. But first, let's just talk about some movies. I'm going to start real fast with one I think you would like, and I don't know if you've seen it yet Bacarau from just 2019 from Brazil heard of this I haven't seen it. Yeah, it was really high, highly ranked on Letterboxd. It's been like really popular for my friends. It's directed by Kleber Mandoca Filho and Juliana Dornelis. I am very sorry about my Brazilian Portuguese pronunciations, <laughs> But it's the story of this um very out of the way town in Brazil where you have to like they have to have uh all their goods delivered from the city in this one truck that the town owns and it's only like 50 people that live there and everyone sort of knows everybody and Uh, the oldest person in the town dies, the town matriarch. And from that point, things get a little weird. The people in the town notice that their town is no longer on the maps. The roads are closed and no one can get to the town. And then everything takes a weird turn and it turns into like this really violent elevated B slasher movie. (laughs) It was really, really interesting. I highly recommend it. Uh, you spend just enough time with these people to kind of get to know them and everything. And it really builds really slowly, but really forcefully into something that you won't expect.
1: Mm-hmm. So. so is this old man, the tie to society for this village? Like, is that the idea?
0: No, no. And it's a, it's a woman and she, oh, is, old woman, sorry. And she happens to be the, uh, the event is not directly related to anything that happens, oh, okay. but it is kind of very symbolic of what uh, what the town is going through. I'm sure there's a lot of subtext I'm missing, not being from this area of Brazil, but right. uh, it's still a lot of fun. So uh, this is a good one. I think you would like this one, Jonah.
1: i check it out. I'm not big on, uh, well, is it scary or just a uh, slasher? Or
0: It's not really, when I say slasher, I think it's more just uh, action, violent action, so to speak. Okay. And it's not scary, although there are some very tense scenes. Hmm. I would Uh, check it out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to talk about one more uh, before I let you jump in, because I know this one you're excited to talk about because you've been trying to get me to watch it forever. It is Your Name from 2016, directed by Mikado Shinkai from Japan. It's an animated feature film. Uh, Jonah, would you like to try to summarize this one? (laughs) Um, Without spoiling anything?
1: Your Name is a movie about these two teenage kids, a boy and a girl, and one day one of them wakes up in the other's body and thinks it's a dream and then kind of has to figure out what happened that made that happen. And at the same time, So he wakes up in her body and they realize that I believe she wakes up in his body as well. Correct.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. I haven't
1: seen it in a while. So they try and find a way to communicate with each other about what's going on. And it's just this cool story about their two lives and maybe an intersection of them.
0: Yes. Yes. And it's all, uh, it's probably the most beautifully animated movie I've ever seen. Oh yeah. animation is Yes. It, I mean, it's a different style than, like, you know, Miyazaki or something like that, but it's so beautiful and so, um, just like textured. And I think they, they must use CGI or something to enhance this animation, but it it was just beautiful to watch. That's one thing off the, off the bat. Otherwise, it
1: looks so great, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And otherwise, the story is really, really sweet, really, really interesting, a lot of fun. Um, a lot of smart connections that happen. A lot of really smart screenwriting. It's just a, re- it's just a really good movie. Yeah, I, I don't want to so say much. Say that. Yeah, thank you so much for recommending it. I knew I had to watch it someday, um, and you know, you're the one that made me watch it now. So I really appreciate that. So I'll, I'll say, I'll say one thing I didn't like about it. Yeah, please. The, there were the beginning had like a almost like a animated an anime TV show intro Mm. after, after the opening of the comet thing, there's um, like a Japanese pop song and you get to see images of all the characters back and forth. And if, and then the title of the movie comes on the screen and it felt very much like an anime (laughs) TV show. I'm like, Oh man, what am I getting into? This doesn't feel right. But then from then on, it it was really good.
1: (laughs) Right. I think that's just part of uh, the culture and how a lot of them get introduced. So especially Mm -hmm. since it, like you said, looks like a lot of anime TV shows, Mm -hmm. I think it really blended that into the feature-length film.
0: Yep, yep. I forgot to mention that uh, someone requested I say where I'm finding these movies. So Baka you can watch on Canopy if you have streaming Canopy through your library. And your name I had to find a disc. It's not streaming anywhere I had <laughs> access to. So I rented one from the actual library. <laughs> wow. Yep. I
1: was I was gonna ask where you found it as well. You know, the first time I watched it, what did you say? It came out in twenty fifteen? Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen? The first time I watched it was on Netflix instant.
0: Oh yeah, it used to be on Netflix. And so it's it just yet. yeah. It
1: used to be on Netflix. <laughs> and I saw uh this isn't what I a movie I wanted to talk about too much. But I saw the next movie by him, Weathering With You. And I saw that in theaters pre-pandemic. I think it was January 25th of last year.
0: Mm, Right on on the cusp. (laughs) Yeah,
1: really on the cusp. And I think that that was an even more beautifully animated movie, believe it or not. Oh, wow. But I think they went more for style than substance and it was also really similar idea wise to your name like it was another movie about a young boy and a girl Mm -hmm. thing but i also thought weathering with you had a really great premise to it do you know
0: the premise uh just about a girl who could control the weather that's all I yeah
1: (laughs) that's all i was gonna say (laughs) it's a neat hook (laughs)
0: cool yeah i mean i'm definitely i saw that that's playing on hbo and i was tempted to watch it but i'm like okay let me let me spread out this guy's movies because i didn't want (laughs) to well let me warn
1: you i don't know if you care Mm -hmm. but i tried to watch it on hbo Mm -hmm. because i wanted to see it on my tv again yep and uh it is only dubbed I couldn't okay. figure out a way to watch it with subtitles. And I am, I think, a snob about that.
0: <laughs> no, it, don't worry. I am too. I would probably, I would just wait for this real subtitled version.
1: Right. That yeah. So uh, that's unfortunate. 95% of what I watch is subtitled. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm happy to wait for it. Anyway, enough about that.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let me jump in with a uh, documentary that was on HBO called Fake Famous, just this year, uh, came out in 2021. Fake Famous is directed by Nick Bilton. It's a documentary about social media and social media influencers. Really interesting concept, really scary, scary world of how social media manipulates everybody and how these influencers manipulate social media. And um, one fact that was really interesting, it was, I, I'm gonna get the numbers wrong, but it was something about like there are, 20 million people with over 100,000 Instagram followers, and there are 6 million people with over a million Instagram followers. So, at that point, like, what does it mean to be Instagram famous and having a million followers right. when you know 6 million people have that? <laughs> and it's really yeah. just they're, they're mostly bots, that's really what it comes down to. There's you can just buy followers online, it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Jessica
1: actually watched. Well, I guess I should introduce Jessica to everyone who's listening. Jessica's my yes. wife. And she watched a movie on Netflix in the last month or two called, is, I think it's Social Dilemma. Mm-hmm. And it is talking about how much social media is controlling our lives and stuff like that as well.
0: So, mm. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. Um, unfortunately, I didn't besides those few facts that were really interesting, the movie is not that great because it follows an experiment they're doing about trying to make these low-level Instagram people into influencers. And the experiment is not that interesting. And the people they chose, no fault of theirs, are just not that interesting subjects. Mm -hmm. And it's real people in the movie, right? It is real people. They know that they are signing up to try to be made into an influencer. And it just, yeah, it doesn't... uh, It doesn't really work, but the world and the facts are really interesting. I just wish the documentary was better. Right. You have something uh, you would like to bring up, John?
1: Sure, yeah. I have a few movies. Uh, I pulled them up on Letterboxd since I've been hearing you mention the year and the directors. Yes. So the first one, and sure enough, this is on your watch list. Ooh. maybe because of me but who knows i don't want to be too self-absorbed on your podcast um this movie is called Gurumul, came out in 2017 directed by paul Damien williams this is a documentary on an aboriginal musician in australia
0: hmm. okay so, it was probably from you yes
1: <laughs> right uh when so we lived in Australia for a little under a year a few years ago now, and on our flight down there, there was a great selection of Australian films, and Australia is not exactly close to North America or even South Korea where we were going there from, so I had plenty of time to watch the movies uh anyway, Gurmul is just a really interesting documentary about this aboriginal blind musician who wasn't big on fame or anything, but he made some really beautiful music and the documentary followed him. So it was a cool bit of culture watching that.
0: Oh yeah. That's interesting. That's probably why I added it to my list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely check that out sometime.
1: Excellent. Uh, next one I'm going to mention is like father, like son from 2013 directed by Hirokazu kore and that this is this is just uh, your typical switched at birth movie really it is a japanese movie about you know a wealthy businessman with a son and this you know poor family with a son and the kids get switched at birth and, you know, it follows them around, but I thought it was a really endearing movie and it was what all these movies are, which is, you know, what does it mean to be family and what does it mean to be a good father? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a really touching film. So yeah, throw I, that I, in. Just,
0: I just looked at his name and I've not seen any of his movies, but they, all the movies are pop up um, shoplifters and nobody knows. There's right.
1: Shoplifters is- was good as well. Also, I, it's funny because I recognized an actor in these movies and I kept trying to figure out who it was. And I always skipped over his name because mm-hmm. his name in all of these things is Lily Frankie.
0: Yeah, yeah it doesn't And sound I always right. thought
1: that was a mm-hmm. woman's name, so I never clicked on it.
0: Right. All right. So I'm going to talk about a movie that I watched for our main segment, but it didn't have anything to do with the main topic at all. That movie is called Dead End, directed by Jean-Baptiste Andrea and Fabrice Canapa. I'm having a hard time with these names today. From uh, 2003. It is a horror film, sort of, uh, about a family driving down a road on Christmas Eve heading to their, um, their parents' house. There's a couple people in the car, and they stumble upon a woman on the side of the road who, ha- who seems mute and has a baby, And it is really creepy. And there's all these horror movie tropes about, oh my God, why are you stopping and picking up this creepy woman? And why are you walking to the abandoned cabin by yourself? But the movie is so tongue in cheek and so aware of what it's trying to do. It turned out to be just a really fun 80 minute horror comedy with a really smart ending. It's the type of movie that, you know, you get together with your friends and you watch and you just have a great time. It's called Mm -hmm. Dead End.
1: All right, I'll have to check it out. What I say for all of the movies you tell me about.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to talk about three in a row real fast because they're kind of sure. related now. 42nd Street from 1933. Oh, before I go into that, Dead End was on Tubi. Tubi is a free streaming service that plays movies with commercials, but the commercials are few and far between. So I recommend checking out Tubi. They have a lot of con- content.
1: How do you spell it?
0: T U B I. So Forty Second Street from nineteen thirty three, uh, directed by Lloyd Bacon, it's a musical about a stage production uh, going on on Broadway where they're trying to put this show together, and all the characters' lives hinge on the success of this show. You know, must go, it must be a success, or a lot of people are gonna lose money, a lot of people are gonna be out of jobs, et cetera, et cetera. The setup works really well. And then it's just watching them try to put on the show with a lot of great, fun characters, really cool musical numbers. It's just a fun uh, Hollywood musical. I definitely recommend it if that's something you're interested in. I don't know. Do you watch any old movies, Jeremy, like that? I, unfortunately,
1: don't. I don't know what it is. I think I have been spoiled with all of my movies being post-1980, like 1980, really. Mm-hmm. But stuff older than that, I have a really tough time getting into. I either right. feel like it's really slow pacing wise. For some reason, every older movie I've seen has just felt slow mm-hmm. or it just doesn't look great. And I can't get into <laughs> it.
0: Yeah, no, I totally get that. I, I had that until I started to like force myself to watch a lot of them because I wanted to learn about movies and now I'm, I'm hooked. I I can, it, yeah, it's just a different style. You get used to it if you want to. But right. there's plenty of good movies after 1980, so it's not like you're missing much. <laughs> so the next one in this sort of trio is the Philadelphia Story from 1940, directed by George Suger. Philadelphia Story is a ostensibly a romantic comedy. It's a screwball comedy about a bunch of characters uh, on the eve of one of their weddings. And it has an all-star cast. Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, Jimmy Stewart. And Catherine Hepburn is getting married. Cary Grant is your ex-husband. Jimmy Stewart is the reporter trying to get pictures of all this happening. And it's just a lot of fun, snappy dialogue. And, you know, it's a classic for a reason. These three people are, like, at the epitome of their careers. And uh, they do a really good job delivering this dialogue. The only problem with it is I see this a lot in older movies – there's so many, so much weird romantic immorality <laughs> that happens. Mm. That's the way to say it. Like
1: things that were acceptable then, but are yeah. not anymore.
0: Yeah, exactly. And this movie's full of it. And it, it, it kind of got bothered me a little bit. Got under my skin about how much. Like, I can't believe that this is like a romantic comedy. This would be a great complicated drama <laughs> in <Right>. real life. <laughs> but now it's just like a breezy romantic comedy. You know, uh, Jessica
1: and I, oh, sorry, go on. No, no, you
0: continue.
1: Jessica and I watched, um, oh, God, I can't remember the name of it, even though I can picture, oh, John Malkovich. Mm. We watched, um, what's the movie called? Inside John Malkovich, Being John Malkovich? <laughs> being John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: We watched that, and when did that movie come out? Mid 90s?
0: 1999.
1: Ninety-nine. Okay, we there, watched yeah. Being John Malkovich, and there was a scene where a slur for homosexuals that starts with the letter F was just very casually thrown out, and mm-hmm. it was really off-putting and really threw us just hearing yeah. it said so casually on a movie.
0: Yes, I totally understand what you what you mean when you tell that story because. Yeah, we we both watch a lot of movies, and you know things that were acceptable even a couple of years ago were not acceptable now, and things right. that were acceptable acceptable eighty years ago in Philadelphia story are not now. Definitely not and now. Yeah, you just kind of have to contextualize it uh, in like a historic way, right. or I don't even know if that's the right thing to do. That's a whole other discussion, at, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, I won't get into that on this podcast. But yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, but I do recommend Philadelphia Story just because the actors are so good and the dialogue is so good. I just wish it was a little more uh, modern, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then though both those are streaming on HBO. And then I decided to rewatch a movie that I've seen before from 2016 called Hail Caesar, directed oh, by the Coen Brothers. Have you seen that one?
1: <laughs> I haven't. Uh, my dad saw it and he was not a fan. I I've, I've watched a lot of stuff by the coen brothers yeah i mean big lebowski is one of my all-time favorite movies Mm -hmm. a serious man is one of my all-time least favorite movies
0: oh wow really
1: uh burn after reading is coen brothers right yes the first time i watched that i think i thought it was the worst movie i've ever seen and then (laughs) i watched it a second time i guess like eight or ten years later Mm -hmm. i think it is older than eight years right so Anyway, the second time I watched it, I actually quite liked it and found a lot of the scenes really funny. Mm-hmm. So I should probably give A Serious Man another watch because of that. But uh, I heard Hail Caesar was not great, so I'm interested in what you thought.
0: Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> Hail Caesar, I liked it a lot when I first saw it. But because Hail Caesar references a lot of these movies I've been watching, like Philadelphia Story and and um, 42nd Street, uh and last episode, I did a Gene Kelly retrospective, uh, Gene Kelly and um, Stanley Donnan, and those type of movies too. So I was kind of in the mood to see Hail Caesar again, and it, it falls pretty flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, it is a character study of a fixer who works at these big Hollywood studios who fixes all the problems in these movies and with the stars and you know, covering up for the stars uh, going on alcoholic binges and things like that and, you know, getting pregnant and whatever else that the studio deems uh, unwholesome for their image. Right there. You
1: know, I don't want to break the cardinal rule of this podcast, Mm -hmm. but I watch a lot of TV shows. I am really Mm -hmm. certainly your equivalent in tv shows Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's a tv show that's on netflix called call my agent that is uh from france and that is basically the premise of the show it's just Ah. following around all these agents and a lot of times they have to fix problems for their actors
0: Hmm. and does that take place in modern times
1: it does yeah it takes place now like sigourney weaver was on it this past Mm -hmm. season
0: Uh, cool herself (laughs) it's
1: you know they have all these Uh guests on the show every episode uh-huh. who are actual famous actors uh-huh. except they're like all french so i don't know any of them
0: but <laughs> right. sometimes except i have Henry someone
1: <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> oh that's pretty cool but yeah this one uh it does the same thing was steeped in you know 50s hollywood and it recreates a lot of uh those style scenes from the, those movies of the time fake movies and right. those are pretty fun. But overall, it's like a collection of pretty good scenes that don't really add up to anything. Mm. It's just an it's just a character study about a character that doesn't really have any sort of real arc. And there's no real forward momentum besides like, ooh, that's a cool uh, dance number. They got Channing Tatum to be like a Gene Kelly character. That's cool. Which is cool. But there's nothing else to the movie. It doesn't
1: lead to anything.
0: Exactly, yeah. So a bit disappointed with Hal Caesar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do want to touch really fast on the Coen Brothers. You mentioned uh, Serious Man, which I, w- I would consider one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies. Really? Yeah, I've seen it twice and I really like it, but I'd be interested in, uh, after we watch it, talking to you, because you you grew up in the Jewish household, right? That's right. I think I still am in a Jewish household. Yes, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, so maybe there's something there that I'm just not understanding that would... uh, uh, I'll rewatch it and (laughs) see what I missed the
1: first time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I saw it once. It was a while ago, but I remember thinking like nothing happened in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll watch it again and see something happen. (laughs) All
0: right. Well, I'm sure uh, you can add it to your list somewhere near the bottom. If All I can find any, it, I'll,
1: I can watch uh,
0: it. Is there any, anything else you'd like to bring up before we go into our main topic?
1: Yeah, I actually do have one movie because I was thinking about obscure movies that I've seen that you might mm-hmm. not have seen. And sure enough, there's a movie that I watched a couple months ago that is on your watch list, Ooh. which I assume means you haven't watched it yet. Correct. And that is The Lure, 2015. Oh. hmm Directed by, my turn to mess up all these names, because this is a Polish name, uh, Agnieszka Smazinska. That's going to be my attempt at it. Um, so the lore, for those who don't know, uh, is about two mermaid sisters who end up performing at a nightclub. And they face cruel and bloody, choi- bloody choices when one of them falls in love with a beautiful young man. So that's the description straight off of Letterboxd. <laughs> And did I say 2015? If I didn't, I did now. And I thought it was cool. It was definitely campy, which Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting. And I thought it was a great musical. I wasn't expecting as many songs in it as there were. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: But yeah, it was a cool movie, and you should definitely check it out.
0: Okay, I mean, how can I not with that description? <laughs> exactly. That's why I watched it. <laughs> awesome. All right, Jonah, why don't you lead us into what the topic is for today?
1: All right, the topic of the week or the topic of the biweekly is time travel. Time travel in movies, and I don't really need to explain more than that because everyone knows what time travel is in movies. But I was trying to think of. What genre or what topic I could think of where I have seen a fair bit of movies? And, you know, I kind of thought it was cheating choosing time travel because it's such a prolific Mm -hmm. thing in movies. But I thought the way that different movies deal with time travel could be worth talking about because, you know, there are some that have just totally different timelines, there are some that have. You go back and change something, and that affects the present, and Mm -hmm. there's only one timeline. Everything you do matters. So Mm -hmm. interesting to see how people deal with it, because there's also the ones where you can go back in time and you can't change a thing. So I thought it would be worth talking about, and I'm always down to watch some more time travel movies.
0: Cool, cool. Well, it's a great topic, and uh, thank you for picking it, because going through my list of movies online i had a really hard time finding time travel movies that i have not seen so apparently i just like watching them in general <laughs> but there there are a lot i haven't seen that i managed to track down a few to watch but before i talk about the new ones we watched um some of my favorite time travel movies in general primer is one i of was
1: going to say how long is it going to take us to get to the great <laughs> of time travel You're right <laughs> Oh, my God. If I have looked at one infographic for that movie, I've looked at 10.
0: Oh, yes. Primer is... Uh, here, let me pull it up on the, to give credit where credit is due. But Primer is a quintessential, I think, uh, time loop sort of movies, directed by Shane Carruth from 2004. It is a very, very low-budget uh, movie that does a lot with its limited uh, money. Time travel is almost accidentally invented by these guys uh, doing experiments in their garage where they're, you know, they're scientists, they're working on these microchips, et cetera. And they kind of accidentally develop time travel and they try to use it to uh, initially to gain some money where they go back in time a day, they see what stocks moved. And then the next day they, you know, uh, they go into, I'm sorry, they go into a future a day to see what stocks <laughs> moved. And then, and then that, they go back in time and they buy those stocks so they can make some money.
1: They go back a day, see what stocks moved, and then they go back two days and buy those stocks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm very confused. Confused already, but from there, kind of uh, consequences happen, and then it just turns into a huge, huge mess.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, it is. I think the messiest time travel movie you will ever see, mm -hmm. and it is really uh, they took on a lot with their script and idea because. Mm like I was talking about with the different timelines. I think from an infographic that I've looked at for this movie that there are nine timelines in this movie. Wow. And you have to figure that out yourself mm-hmm. Yeah, there in you just- 77 minutes.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: It's insane. So yeah, this is... I'm glad that it's the first one you mentioned. It's almost a cult classic as well mm-hmm. because I don't think it's a well-known movie if you're not into movies and if you're looking for time travel movies to watch it is always going to be recommended just to scare you <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's just a really i think it's just a well-done uh, indie film and it you know it got famous for for a reason right uh there, are there others that you uh like that you want to bring up
1: yeah, so I have a bunch that I like that I didn't watch recently that I can talk about.
0: Yeah, please do. Um,
1: so first of all, Looper, I thought was yeah, a good movie. That's like a big, you know, hitting the theaters, big names in it. Bruce mm-hmm. Willis, Joseph Gordon Levitt, uh, probably some more people whose names I'm forgetting, but you know, I thought that was a well done movie. Mm-hmm. And the other, here's one of the types of time travel that we should talk about just for a half a second. Mm -hmm. Um, Looper subscribes to the back to the future school of thought, where when you do something in the past, it happens at the same time in the present or in the future. Yes. So I say that because in back to the future, you know, his hand starts disappearing because he starts not existing. But as he puts the wheels in motion, he starts reappearing, which seems to say, as you do this, that catalyst happens and you start existing again. Mm -hmm. In looper, there's a scene where someone gets kidnapped and he has body parts start falling off, you know, like fingers will start falling off and then he'll start getting a scar on his arm, saying, "You know, meet me here," and it mm-hmm. just appears. So, Looper has this take on time travel where something happens in the past; it happens at the same time in the present.
0: Yes, it's the closed loop. I think of I don't. Oh, know is what that what it is? I, look, I, didn't I don't look know up what the, the terminology. I'm I don't sorry. know what the, the terminology actually is, but I kind of picture it as a closed loop because everything has, if you follow it all, it kind of has a beginning and an end. Sort of, I guess it's an open loop. I don't know. We're talking time travel, it doesn't really make sense, but
1: right. But what's interesting (laughs) is the way that it happens in Looper is you have a character and you have the present version of that character and the future version of that character Mm -hmm. in the same timeline. Mm -hmm. And when you do something to the present version of that character right now in this timeline it happens to the future version of the character right now in this timeline at the same time yes mhm and it just it happening in real time is an interesting take but that was too much time spent on Luper, so i'm sorry <laughs> about that looper is a no, cool no, movie
0: it is cool Ryan johnson i lo- i love his movies and he's a very good writer and i think he writes he li- he likes writing those complicated plots that kind of uh He's trying to, it's almost like he's goading the audience to find something wrong with his right. uh, his structure, but it's hard because he's really good at, at what he does. He does that with a lot of his movies.
1: Definitely. Uh, I have a few more I'll list. Yeah, please. Uh, Happy Accidents is a romance time travel movie, kind of. like uh, Vince Vaughn goes back in time to save Marissa Tomei from something happening and they fall in love, something like that. Mm -hmm. She can't find out he's a time traveler. That was neat. Um, I recommend that. Another one, well, just to list some classics. I mean, Bill and Ted's Back to the Future.
0: Yeah, Bill and Ted Back to the Future. You have to mention those.
1: Have you seen, I know the answer is yes, I'm pretty sure. Have you seen Safety Not Guaranteed?
0: I have seen that. Uh, I don't consider that time travel per se because this story doesn't really involve that for the most part. Yeah,
1: it's funny because I see it mentioned in time travel lists all the times and I'm mm-hmm. just like, but they don't.
0: No, they, so, it's about someone who wants someone to help to go travel back in time with him. And the movie's right. just about the relationship he's developing with these characters. Exactly. So
1: to bring it back to actual time travel, I'm going to say that one of my all-time favorite time travel movies is Time Crimes.
0: Yes. uh, I know we both uh, bonded over that pretty early.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Time Crimes is a great movie. Let me look it up really quickly because I didn't have it pulled up in advance. But Time Crimes is a Mexican movie that came out in 2007. The original title is also fantastic, Los Crono Crimenes. Yes. (laughs) Much better in Spanish than in English. Uh It is, Yeah, it's a great movie, and it really takes you for a loop when you watch things happen the first time, and then when you watch things happen the second time from a different point of view, different timelines, sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great movie.
0: Yes, that's a a very good one. Uh, I'm going to talk about one movie I watched for for this episode, because it kind of leads into that. The movie is called The Infinity Man Mm -hmm. from 2014. Uh, from Australia, directed by Hugh Sullivan. And it has that same sort of style as time crimes, that same time travel style, where you see these events happen and then you kind of follow this character as they're going back through the time loop and forward again, and you now things make more sense, and then they do it again and things make more sense, and then there's a twist, and then like that sort of thing. Uh, the movie is about a couple who go to this hotel which happens to be abandoned for their one year anniversary and the guy is a scientist and he brings this device that could like record their this moment in time uh, for posterity and it's it's a comedy it's like a romantic comedy uh, movie so science is not that important at this point Uh, anyway they uh, have an argument and she leaves, and then he decides to, uh, one year later, he turns that memory that they recorded into a way to travel back one year to that point again. Interesting. And, yeah, and it's really about their relationship, and there's only three people in the movie, those two and an ex-boyfriend that comes, and that's it. And still, though, there is so many cool little twists in this movie yeah. about characters going back in time, and then... They're like, okay, I kind of understand what's going to happen now. And then they're like, wait, no. Oh, now I get it. They're doing something else. There's another character there from another timeline. And I don't want to spoil it. I can't. It's sort of like Primer in the loop-de-loop way, but it's all Mm -hmm. one timeline, and it wraps up really nicely. I would definitely recommend this one for you, Jonah, The Infinity Man. I
1: will check it out.
0: Streaming on Tubi and Amazon Prime.
1: All right, I'll give it a watch. Uh, I'm going to mention three things. The first, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, and this is cheating, and I'm sorry, um, Dark. It is a TV show. Uh, It is on Netflix. It is fantastic. There is time travel. The end, I'll move on. (laughs) Um, Anyway, as for movies I watched in preparation for this episode, I watched a movie called Time Trap. Time Trap came out in 2017, directed by Ben Foster and Mark Dennis. It is on your watch list. Is it really? On Letterboxd. Uh, A group of students become trapped inside a mysterious cave where they discover time passes differently underground than on the surface. Hmm. Uh, It is, let's see here, 95 minutes and don't waste your time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I thought it was very poorly done i thought it was very uninteresting i felt like they spent the entire time on the bad part of the movie and then just as it got interesting the movie ended and i was like well okay (laughs) so i don't want to spoil too much of it if you're gonna watch it
0: well i uh it's on my watch list because I love bad movies where people are trapped in a single location. And I think that uh, does it have that vibe.
1: Yeah. They're stuck in a cave where time happens differently than on the surface.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, But
1: I'll I'll let you watch it and tell me what you thought.
0: Someday I won't, I won't uh, watch it anytime soon, but yeah, it's, I like dumb movies where people are trapped in a single location. It's just a thing, thing this that is, I like for some reason.
1: This is that for you then. <laughs> Then the other one that I watched, Jessica and I watched together, that I actually quite liked, it is called About Time. Have you seen it?
0: No, I have not seen About Time.
1: So About Time came out in 2013. It stars everyone's favorite time travel woman, Rachel McAdams. She is in how many time travel movies? Like four or five, right?
0: (laughs) At least two. I'm sure there are more. (laughs) Uh,
1: Anyway. About Time is this really interesting movie. So yeah, 2013, directed by Richard Curtis. It has, uh, I don't know how to say his name, Mr. Gleason. Oh yeah, Dominal. Yeah, <laughs> Dominal, Gleason, Rachel McAdams. Anyway, About Time is this great movie where uh, Mr. Gleason turns 21 and finds out that the men in his family can time travel. Hmm and it has this great i don't uh, i don't I don't think it's a spoiler cuz it's explained in the first like 5 minutes of the movie fine. but his father tells him how it works and his dad says you can only go backwards you can only go to a memory and what you do is you go into a dark closet like a pantry or even just your own closet or just a dark room you close your eyes, you think of the place you want to go, and you squeeze your fists, <laughs> and then you go there. So there are a lot of scenes of clenched fists and closets in this movie, which I thought was hilarious.
0: Oh, that's great. Uh,
1: and it's yeah, it's a really sweet movie about traveling back in time. There were a couple time snafus in it that I don't want to mention because they are kind of part of the plot. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah I thought it was really interesting and enjoyable it was a really sweet movie and Jessica and I were waiting for the conflict the whole time
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and there just wasn't one Mm. so we realized when it ended that it was really a slice of life movie Okay, but we didn't know that going into it so the whole time we were like oh is this going to be bad and then time travel isn't going to fix it oh no everything's okay. okay so (laughs) it was kind of strange In that respect
0: that's nice though that when movies are like that sometimes you just get a break from conflict and you just enjoy enjoy things
1: yeah definitely (laughs) and it was good a lot of i think it was this isn't something i say often because it's not something i think about i'm really just a passenger in movies but i think it was cast really well i think Mm -hmm. everyone really plays their character really well the mom is exactly who you think it should be. The dad is exactly who you think it should be. Everyone just does mm-hmm. a great job at their character. Yeah, that's cool. All right, your turn.
0: So the next movie I watched for a time travel was Peggy Sue Got Married, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, 1986. It is a movie that the beginning takes place uh, in... 86, when the movie comes uh, comes out. And it's a, a high school reunion of all these people that went to high school in the 50s. And Peggy Sue, our main character, was married to kind of a, her high school boyfriend who turned into a sleazy salesman. And now they're getting divorced. The boyfriend's played by Nicolas Cage in a very early role, which is a lot of fun. And anyway, she gets voted, you know. Uh, prom queen of this reunion and goes up on stage where she promptly faints through, due to all the lights and all the craziness. And when she wakes up, guess what? She's back in high school. Whoa. <laughs> yep. And then she has to, she knows uh, everything that happens to all these characters. And now she's trying to kind of correct her mistakes and relive her life from high school in a way that is better for her. All, along the way, lessons are learned, etc. And I thought it was just going to be like one of these movies where she wakes up and uh, I realized, you know, that I was wrong about my life and I'm happy. But it's not. There's some interesting time travel twists in there that I wasn't expecting. Mm. I won't spoil them. But there's a little more to it than just the person uh, kind of having an extended flashback.
1: Interesting. Great thing,
0: yeah, the great thing about the movie was definitely just the, the period production. I mean, the 50s. I mean, Francis right. Ford I got every... 1950s car and every 1950s outfit and nicholas cage and jim carrey are in a doo-wop group <laughs> you know in wow. high school they're like singing doo-wop songs so that's kind of fun yeah it's a solid movie uh just a, a fun little light time travel romp
1: cool i just checked it out on letterboxd and my mom has seen it oh cool you and my mom the two people i know on letterboxd <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, let me uh, talk about my last one that I watched for time travel. Frequency from 2000. Gregory Hoblet. Have you seen Frequency? It rings a bell, but I might be thinking of Contact. Uh, you might. This one has Dennis Quaid and Jim Caviezel. And it's the story of a um, uh, a guy who is kind of not happy in his life. He's, you know, breaking up with his girlfriend. His father died when he was really young in in an accident. His father was a firefighter. And then there's this weird phenomenon in the sky where there's these sunspots causing northern lights to be visible from Staten Island. And on on a CB radio that, uh, through uh, story elements, was dug up from the uh, closet and left out. The CB radio perks up. And he answers it, and lo and behold, on the other end, is his father from 30 years ago. And uh, it happens to be only a few days before the father dies. So after he realizes what's going on, he's like, Dad, do not go to this warehouse fire because you will die, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And because of this change in the timeline, unexpected side effects happen in his present. So he manages to rescue his dad. That's not really a big spoiler. But from that point on, I was wondering, (laughs) things in his uh, life are very different. I won't explain how, but him and his father now need to team up via communicating through the CB radio to try to correct the mistakes that they caused.
1: Interesting.
0: It's a really great concept. And it's done in a very quality, like Hollywood way, like shiny and like high production value. Right very schmaltzy though i have to say it's got it got like this uh such a schmaltzy like feel good father-son dynamic and like the ending is very schmaltzy but like there's actually some cool dark things in there there's a callback to what we discussed in looper which <laughs> i won't get into but i was really surprised to see something on your back come up in this movie mm-hmm. so uh, i actually really liked it uh that's frequency definitely check that out if you're yeah. uh, in the mood for cool time travel
1: I am always in the mood for cool time travel. And it Mm -hmm. came out in 2000, so it's in my uh, era of watchable movies. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes.
1: (laughs) Let me ask you a time travel question, Patrick. Please. please. Two movies. Mm -hmm. You need to tell me if either of them are time travel movies. Okay, exciting. And They're the same movie in different settings. (laughs) Groundhog Day? Edge of Tomorrow?
0: Ah, see, I was struggling with this question myself. I didn't take them as time travel because they, I don't know. I think it could just be its own category of time travel. Yes, there's time travel. There's literal time traveling. So yes, it's a time travel movie. (laughs) But it doesn't feel the same as some of these other ones because I think it's just more of the idea of repetition Instead right, of the idea of consequences, right. yeah. Okay, um, I was
1: I was wondering because I mean, obviously Groundhog Day is such a huge, well-known movie, but mm-hmm. is living the same day over and over again until you do it right really time travel?
0: Right, right. Mm-hmm.
1: And then Edge of Tomorrow, the I assume you've seen it, right? Yes, I've seen both. Uh, in Edge of Tomorrow, they say how the special alpha alien or whatever is in fact resetting the day and responsible for time travel. So the reason that I wanted to mention that along with Groundhog Day is Groundhog Day, we don't really know what happens. We just kind of watch the movie repeat the same day over and over again. Mm -hmm. But in Edge of Tomorrow, they actually get to that. They say, this alpha alien has this power to restart the day Mm -hmm. with time travel capabilities. Right. So, they went there, but it's still kind of the same, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it is kind of the same. I think the the book of that that was based off of was much more interesting in how they handled it. I like the movie a lot. I just think that the the last act kind of fell flat for me once they get out of the time loop thing. Right. But uh the movie, which has a much better title, All You Need Is Kill. I'm sorry, the book. All You Need Is Kill hmm. is, is really good.
1: Well, they also changed the name of the movie several times. I think it's <laughs> Live, Die, Repeat now.
0: Yeah, they're doing this weird thing where they, that was the tagline and everyone thought it was better. So on all the merchandise, they just put Live, Die, Repeat in really big letters and then Edge of Tomorrow, really small. It's <laughs> <That's> weird. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen uh, Palm Springs, which does the same thing, the new one?
1: No, I remember you and Ben said that it was
0: good, though. Yeah, it's a fun, it's a very fun version of that idea where you have to repeat, where these characters are repeating the same day over and over. Uh, there's a good reason for it, and then there's a good uh, sort of concept as to how this might be able to be stopped. It's just a lot of fun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is it, it's, I think that was on Netflix, right? It's a Hulu film.
1: Hulu, okay.
0: Yes, Hulu original. <laughs> All right. So, so uh, in regards to time travel in general, um, are there any other like big? Mo- I can rattle off like a hundred other time travel movies. I don't think I will. Uh, but what do you like about the time travel? I can tell you what I like while you think about it. What I really like is almost the the screenplay jujitsu that needs to happen. For these stories to sort of make sense those are the type of movies I like where things are uh, written so elegantly that you can have characters going back and forth through time and changing the past and the future and it and it uh, and it feels like a house of cards that is standing up. <laughs> those movies are the ones I like.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because when I was thinking about time travel movies, you know, if you go and watch just any other genre of movie and there's a plot hole in one scene, the whole movie still works.
0: Yes, yes. But
1: in a time travel movie, they really do, like you said, have to do this, you know, jujitsu or ninjutsu, I don't know, right. for every scene because every scene is important with the notion of time travel. And if this scene affects 10 other scenes because of the time loops involved, you really have to think carefully about what you're doing. So Mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of deliberate writing in time travel movies,
0: right? Yes. Yeah. Deliberate writing. That's a great way of putting it. And those are the ones I like the best when it comes to the genre. Of course, you know, I loved uh, um, some of the other ones we talked about that don't have that, a big time loop, but that's why I like this topic so much. And that's why I've seen so many of these movies. It's just, they're just so much fun to kind of watch the writers try to figure it out. (laughs) Right. And another thing that I really enjoy about time travel movies is
1: it's this kind of special niche in the sci-fi fantasy genres that does not rely on magic or technology or aliens or dragons, you know, you can have a time travel movie in any period and it's just kind of time travel exists.
0: We don't know why. Yeah. You don't need to. Movie. You, yeah, exactly. You don't need to come up with a reason. It's more about the, the act itself. That's why like time crimes, Right. you know, there's science in quotes in that movie, but <laughs> it's not important. Sure. <laughs> it's not important. The important thing is what happens with that science. And same thing with the infinity man. I mean, it's literally like a stupid-looking helmet that he puts on to go back in time. <laughs> it's not important. It's not about that. Right. Uh, so it's just about everything else. It's a means
1: <laughs> to an end, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, I think we covered time travel pretty thoroughly.
1: I, I agree. So many good movies to discuss in time travel.
0: I know. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to do it again uh, in a year in the past. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, time for an uncommon film recommendation or two or three. Uh, since we spoke about time travel movies, I'm going to recommend a movie that feels like a time travel film, but really isn't. Um, and that movie is The Constant Gardener from 2005, directed by Fernando Meirelles. And The Constant Gardener, have you seen this one, Jonah? I have not. I just wrote it down so I can watch it later, though. It is the story of a British diplomat in Africa whose wife is murdered. And he is kind of going on this mission of discovery to figure out why she was murdered. And do, by him doing that, it feels like a time travel movie, because he's going back through the events of, of her recent life, all the way back to the point where they met. And he's kind of rediscovering things about her and about and their relationship hmm. all while there's this big over this is overarching mystery going on as well about who actually did this and it's a really really sweet uh movie but it's dark because it's about murder and it's about a lot of the politics of what's happening in Africa and the pharmaceutical industry hmm. but it does feel like a time travel movie even though it's not so that's my recommendation the constant gardener
1: cool that sounds yeah. interesting. I've I see on Letterboxd someone is saying it's a political thriller and I have watched some of those and I do find them pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I would, I would say that's accurate. All
1: right, I have <laughs> I have two I, technically I'm excited, I'm excited. <laughs> uh so one of them is a real recommendation. The other one is one that I have to actually get a copy of to give you. Oh. Um so I'll start with the fake recommendation. (laughs) And that is a movie called Blessed Encounters. Blessed Encounters is a movie, uh, technically, because it's on IMDb. (laughs) It's not on Letterboxd.
0: Oh, no. What am I going to (laughs) do? It is
1: a movie that my stepbrother is in. Ah. It was filmed over the span of like five or six years. But it does not take place over that amount of time. So he looks very different throughout the film. There are some very strange shots of someone holding a camera from far away, zooming in on people walking across the park, talking to each other. There are a lot of really weird pans up to the sky. And yeah, it is horrendous. <laughs> um my stepbrother didn't even go to the showing. I went, our family went, but he was out of town. So we all just suffered through this movie for him. Wow. And I'm seeing if I can get a copy sent here so you can uh, enjoy this masterpiece.
0: Please do. I love independent movies. I give them a pass if because, you know, I like when people go out there and just try to make something. That's really inspiring. So even if right. it's terrible... Maybe it'll have some of that indie spirit that I love.
1: It's, uh, you'll see what Tucson looks like. That's about it. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> great, great. Blessed Encounters. Looking forward to it. And then you.
1: my actual one, which I am amazed you have not seen. Mm. Uh, this is one that I always mistype when I try and find the name of. I always think it's called The Sound of Music, but it's not because that's another movie that everyone has seen and has heard of. Mm-hmm. This movie is called Sound of Noise. Have you heard of
0: this? I have heard of it, but... You have heard of it? I think it might have been because you mentioned it.
1: <laughs> Probably. That's so great. Let me just read Oh, it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Go for Let it. Let me
1: read the blurb for everyone at home, because it's <laughs> so great. A tone-deaf cop works to track down a group of guerrilla percussionists whose anarchic public performances are terrorizing the city. (laughs) This movie is fantastic. It is a totally out there plot. And it has these really great scenes of these anarchic percussionists because they will make music with money being shredded at a bank. They'll make music with like a defibrillator and medical equipment. (laughs) and it is just totally bizarre and it has such a cool story with it how the tone deaf cop is doing stuff and i don't want to say too much but it is a fantastic movie really search for it if you can find it
0: yeah that sounds awesome it's now on my watch list so hopefully i'll see that soon
1: excellent yeah it's so cool I watched it with Jessica and her parents like five years ago, and it was a good time. I've seen it twice, and it's really funny because the first time I saw it, I was just looking for random movies on Netflix, and this was on mm-hmm. Netflix. And I went to tell my mom about it, and she had seen it a year or two before. We just both oh. picked this random Swedish movie <laughs> on Netflix and watched it. So
0: It's in your DNA, maybe. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, that's a great recommendation. Thank you. Of course. (laughs) So that's it for today, folks. Again, follow me on Letterboxd. I am longmonkey, all one word. Jonah, do you want people to follow you on Letterboxd?
1: They can if they like. I am not as prolific a watcher as you are or a logger, unfortunately, but they Mm -hmm. can. It is Jonah UCSB.
0: Nice. Jonah UCSB. Uh, also, check out my writing at ProLeary.com. I just posted a link there to a new story on distant um, DistantShorePublishing.com, which is a humorous sci-fi thing. Not about time travel, but you might like it, so check it out. Jonah, I know you have something to plug that you might not want to plug, which you mentioned.
1: Wow, fine I'll plug it. I have a board game <laughs> podcast. Jonah and Ben play board games with friends. It's uh really Jonah and Ben play board games with Patrick and Greg. <laughs> uh but yeah, that's that.
0: Yeah, it's a great podcast everybody. If you like board games, check it out. If you want to listen to Jonah talk more, check it out. If you want to listen <laughs> to me that? as a If you want to listen to me as a guest multiple times, <laughs> check it out. <laughs> But Jonah, thank you for finally being a guest on my show. (laughs) Of course.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. Always great to talk movies, especially all these ones I haven't heard of. And I get to hear about them from you instead of your letterbox profile.
0: (laughs) Excellent. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Good night and sweet dreams.